This is a Macquarie Group podcast. Hello and welcome to Macquarie's Perspectives podcast, where our diverse team of experts and invited special guests share their latest thinking on current and emerging topics. It's great to be with you today. My name is Lisa George, and I'm the global head of the Macquarie Group Foundation. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be discussing the work and impact of the Macquarie Group Foundation, the philanthropic arm of Macquarie Group. The foundation encourages our people to give back by contributing service, leadership, and financial support to the causes and community-serving organizations they feel passionately about, and predominantly in the locations in which Macquarie operates. Next month, we will release our latest annual review, which details the work we do to support the communities in which we live and work. To talk more about some of the initiatives and causes we supported last year, I'm joined by my colleague, Aaron Shakespeare, who is the Global Head of Philanthropy for the Foundation. Aaron, hello, welcome. Hello, Lisa. It's great to be with you today from New York. Aaron, the Macquarie Group Foundation was established in 1985, and since then, over half a billion Australian dollars have been contributed by the foundation and Macquarie staff, which is an incredible milestone. What has been the foundation's impact uh, over the past three and a half decades, and how has it evolved, and what are the highlights specifically from last year? Thanks, Lisa. I agree. Half a billion dollars is quite a milestone, and especially when you consider the collective impact behind that figure. You know, Lisa, we can't really talk about impact without considering that our staff have played a massive role in helping us reach that figure. Much of our giving today, and when we look back to 1985, uh, historically has been directed by our staff and then matched by our foundation. As you know, Macquarie offers each employee $50,000 in matching per year, and this is both on their personal giving and their fundraising. And some of this fundraising has had incredible impact over the years. You might remember in 2018, when more than 500 uh, employees in Sydney dressed in elephant onesies and gathered in Martin Place to raise money and attention to, to the issue of the mental health challenges, the elephant in the room of Australia's young people. And then in the US, another example was back in 2020, when a large team came together to raise uh, close to a million dollars for the new International African American History Museum opening in Charleston, South Carolina next year. So these are just two examples of thousands over the years. Um, I'm sure you have examples too, Lisa, um, of how our staff has really contributed to and, and the foundation has matched their efforts um, to get to this half a billion milestone. And beyond the matched giving, can you talk about uh, how the foundation's giving has evolved over the years? Yeah. So one of the ways um, that our giving has evolved is that we've both increased the dollar amount and also kind of narrowed the focus of our philanthropic grant making. We've done this so that we can increase the impact that we're having out in the community. So the foundation makes direct grants to nonprofit organizations, and we focus on organizations that are active in the communities where we have offices and where our people live. And these grants that we make are usually in the form of substantial multi-year capacity building support. And this is so we can develop a meaningful relationship with community partners, really get to know them, help to grow or scale the impact that they're having in the community. We also, when, when we talk about how we focused our grant making, we used to give grants in a number of areas, and we still do that. Um, on a discretionary basis from time to time, but we've really focused and now had a, have a core grant-making program that is looking to improve economic mobility. 
And the way that we do that is we partner with effective organizations that are working on education, reskilling, and workforce development community programs. This year, we'll make about $8 million in grants to drive economic mobility, and we're looking to increase that to $10 million a year starting in 2023. The money is just part of the relationship. We also tend to build partnerships with these organizations, and we bring our staff in to leverage their time and their networks to increase the impact that way as well. And can you um, talk a little bit about some of the special philanthropic funds that, that we've been running in the foundation over the last couple of years and how those have been going? Yeah, absolutely. So the balance of our giving is really made up from these special funds. And these were quite active in the last year. And this has really tipped us over that half a billion milestone. So one of those was our global COVID fund. And that was 20 million that we fully deployed this past fiscal year. And the tail of that fund was really focused on economic recovery efforts. The special funds also includes our ongoing 50th anniversary, $50 million award fund as well as targeted funds like the Racial Equity Fund in the Americas, which was established back in 2020 and actually expanded fivefold this past year. The special funds also include humanitarian support for Ukraine. So with these special philanthropic funds, Lisa, we try to remain flexible to support where there are specific areas of unmet need in the community and also where our employees ask us to step up. That's great. Thanks, Erin. And, you know, being a corporate, we know that not all giving is financial. So Can you talk a little bit about the different ways in which Macquarie and its staff give back to the communities in which we live and work? Yes, indeed. So I talk to our staff about this a lot. Money is important, absolutely. I'm not going to say it isn't as as the head of philanthropy, but so is volunteering and certainly skilled volunteering. So our people are Macquarie's greatest asset, and this holds true for the community impact we can drive as well. Our staff end up getting involved with many of our grant partners as volunteers, We organize programs where staff can raise their hand to volunteer their skills pro bono with a nonprofit organization. They might help, let's say, with a risk analysis or financial modeling. And I often say that the most impactful skilled volunteering or pro bono service you can do is to join a not-for-profit board. So we also help provide training and on-ramps for our people to join and lead on these not-for-profit boards where they can have outsized impact in the social sector. You mentioned some of the the special philanthropic fund initiatives, um, some of which started out as employee-led. Could you um, tell us a little bit more about how those started, like the humanitarian support for Ukraine um, or the racial equity fund? Yeah, sure. I'll start with um, the response in Ukraine this past year. So this was an incredible effort, and it was employee-led from the start. So um, shortly after Uh, the war broke out, we met with our Ukrainian employees, many of whom have relatives in Ukraine and who are honestly closest to the incredible challenges that these communities are facing. And these employees helped guide our response. So together with our team, we worked with this employee input to identify a whole range of organizations internationally that our staff could support. When crises hit, our staff really want to support. We hear from them all over the world, and it's part of our job to gather this information, get the information about these organizations out to staff as quickly as possible, and then the foundation backs that with matching. And so we came up with a range of organizations and giving campaigns all around the world. We also made direct grants to a few organizations. One is RASM in the U.S., and the other one is the International Medical Corps, IMC. And 
these were these grants help provide emergency humanitarian and medical supplies and assistance on the ground in Ukraine. So this has really been a good example of an employee-led effort partnering with the foundation and also having to move really quickly. We were able to deploy 3.5 million humanitarian support in a very short amount of time. Another good example of this, Lisa, and you and you asked me about this, is the Racial Equity Fund in the Americas. So this fund was launched in 2020, shortly after the murder of George Floyd and the large public outcry for greater racial justice across the U.S. and, and really across the world at that time. So in the Americas, we launched a, a million-dollar fund, and this was going to be deployed over three years. And importantly, we also established a working group of staff to participate and nominate organizations and programs working in the space. That ultimately led, led to eight grants. There were three larger multi-year grants that are still in play and five smaller People's Choice grants where our staff nominated and voted on projects that they wanted to fund. So these were funding things like Black Girls Code, organizations like Equal Justice Initiative, and then some of the larger organizations included the YWCA, the Robin Hood Foundation Power Fund in New York, and LISC, or the Local Initiative Support Corporation. And I'm really proud to say that based on some of the early impact last year, Macquarie's decided to expand this racial equity fund to $5 million over five years and make additional philanthropic commitments. And this is going to happen with our working group of staff continuing to inform and guide us um, around what we do in the coming years. That's that's wonderful. Um, and, and lastly, Aaron, can you give us an update on the 50th anniversary award? We're about halfway through that program um, at the moment. How, how are things progressing? Yes, time's flying. I can't believe we're halfway through. But um, for context, of course, the 50th anniversary award is a global philanthropic prize that we launched in 2018 in celebration of Macquarie's 50th, 50th anniversary. And the foundation ran an open call for bold social impact projects that could lead to sustainable solutions over five years. And you'll remember, Lisa, we had close to a thousand applications from all over the world, and our team read every single one. It was it was difficult, but we eventually narrowed this down to twelve finalists and ultimately chose five organizations to each receive ten million over five years. So they're all, all these organizations are doing really well. Um, the, I can run through the five awardees quickly. So the Ocean Cleanup, which is an effort to literally clean up the plastic and get it out of our oceans and also prevent it from getting into the ocean in the first place. Um, they had a great um, year because they were able to prove concept against some of their new technology out in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Um, we also are supporting Social Finance US, which is a national impact finance and advisory nonprofit working across public and private sectors. And we are focused there on their economic mobility work. Now, during COVID and the pandemic, Social Finance actually increased the capital that they were able to deploy towards um, closing the income gap in the US. And so we were really happy to see that progress. We're also supporting Last Mile Health, which is an organization working to basically get healthcare where there is none. So into some of the world's most remote communities. And they're largely focused in Africa at the moment. And our funds are helping them expand and scale what they do. They were actually able to reach four and a half million people just this last year. And then the last two, um, we're also supporting the World Mosquito Program and the World Scabies Program. And each of these organizations is working to significantly reduce mosquito-borne and scabies-related diseases, which impact millions of children and people. And we're working to fund both of those organizations to reduce serious disease that can sometimes be fatal and save lives. 
That's fantastic to hear um, the progress that these five organizations are making, Aaron. And you know, we look forward to to what they're going to achieve in the next in the next couple of years as well. Um, and and a big couple of years for the foundation generally. So thanks thanks for that terrific update. Thanks so much. So Lisa, now it's my turn to ask you the questions. Of course. So let's start with this one. Looking to the future, what do you see as an emerging area of opportunity for the foundation? So I'll, I'll mention a couple of areas. Um, the, the first is around staff engagement. Um, and the second is about how corporate foundations like ours are engaging more closely with the business. So just first on staff engagement, we know that the foundation is a key engagement tool for our company and, and for many other companies. Um, and we also know that after the pandemic, companies have to work harder than ever to keep their, their staff engaged and retain talent. Um, unfortunately, uh, as probably is to be expected because of lockdowns after the pandemic, we saw volunteering and staff giving decrease across the board um, in many companies. And now there's hybrid working, uh, which means we have to provide a range of different ways for our staff to get involved. You know, we all as human beings seek purpose and meaning and community work is a great way to help inspire that. So this is a key focus for us and, and I suspect for many other companies. Um, the second thing is business engagement. So, you know, when I started out in, in, in corporate philanthropy, um, you know, the CSR and working closely with the business was probably a, quite a novel concept, but now it's really starting to be acknowledged as a core part of the business. Philanthropy alone is, is not enough to solve all the social problems in the world. We know that. We know we need more tools, resources, different forms of capital, um, all of which can uh, can be deployed if we engage all, all of the business. Um, so that's something we're thinking deeply about at Macquarie. Um, and we've recently um, been having a conversation with our board um, about, engage, about incorporating that into the foundation's five-year strategy. That's excellent. I can't agree more that you know philanthropy alone is not going to be enough to solve all the social problems of the world. So it's great to see um, us expanding what we're doing, Lisa. Generally, just to follow that up, how is phil philanthropic giving changing overall? And how do you think our foundation is changing to reflect that? So a, a little bit as what we talked about earlier in our conversation, as a corporate you know, we have access to more than just money. We have we have unique access to talent, to networks, and to different forms of capital uh, besides philanthropic giving to tackle social issues. So our foundation's new strategic plan really seeks to harness the best of these unique elements um, of a corporate to achieve greatest impact. And we're um, tackling this in two separate ways. The first is through what we're calling catalytic capital and the second um, shared value. So catalytic capital for us is about increasing the scale and impact of our community investments. And that's both through our grant making program and through our new impact investing program, which we're very excited about. So uh, you mentioned our grants budget is growing to 10 million next year. So we're going to be focused on making larger grants that are more focused and measurable and importantly, um, that have a diversity, equity and inclusion lens, which is something you know, we've, um, you, you mentioned our racial equity fund, Aaron, that's something we're thinking a, a lot about. And, and I know a lot of other foundations and companies are thinking about. And so in addition to our grant making, we're, we're very excited that um, Macquarie has made a $20 million allocation to the foundation for impact investing. Um, just a quick primer, impact investing, uh, are, those are investments made with the intention to generate both positive and measurable social and environmental impact. 
as, as well as a financial return. The type of capital that we're aiming to provide in our foundation is called catalytic capital. So it's more patient, um, concessionary and risk tolerant uh, to help nonprofits and for-purpose organizations. And really it's to help them um, attract additional investment and unlock sustainable ongoing impact that otherwise wouldn't be possible with, with philanthropic dollars. Um, and all those financial returns that flow back to the foundation, we will redeploy for more social impact projects. Um, and then the lastly, the shared value um, and what that's about is about supporting our businesses at Macquarie to think about solving social problems through their business models. We recently spent quite a bit of time um, talking to business leaders uh, about the opportunities to drive shared value at Macquarie. And we uncovered some great ideas for um, uh, how the business can, can do that and already, and already um, are doing that, in fact. There were some great examples that we uncovered. So we're now focusing on how the foundation can play a role to help catalyze more of that. Um, so watch the space. Uh, hopefully we'll have more to talk about in a year's time. Oh, Lisa, that's super exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this new strategic direction will take us moving forward. Yes, as am I, as am I. Thanks, Erin. Um, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Perspectives. You can learn more about the Macquarie Group Foundation at macquarie.com backslash community. Thank you for listening to this Macquarie Group podcast. All episode disclaimers can be found in the show notes.